Welcome and thank you for joining us at Christian International Ministries. Our vision is to help you hear God's voice to change your world. For more information about this and other resources, please visit www.christianinternational.com. All right, let's have one more shout to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I was so uh, just caught up in the presence of the Lord as Sherry just led us in worship. You know, that we ascend in worship. Uh, and I actually have on my cell phone a picture of a hot air balloon. That's my home cell picture. And when you turn the fire up, uh, the balloons go up, all right? And I think we hear the fire going up a little bit. And we're ascending with everything that the Lord is doing. But just lift your hands. I felt the Lord had a word that he wanted to release to you. For the Lord would say, surely know that I will cause you to ascend to new places this year says the Lord. And the Lord would say that even as you ascend to those places in me, the Lord would say that you shall see my kingdom come in your life in some new ways. For the Lord would say, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. And the Lord would say, for some tonight, you've come to a place where you've said in your heart, there's nowhere to return and there's no going back. But the Lord would say, know that I have brought you to this place and the Lord would say, sometimes it's been by comfortability and sometimes not. But the Lord would say that I now am taking you forward in my purposes and plans, says the Lord. And the Lord would say that even as you begin to run the race this year, the Lord would say that I'm empowering you for victory, says God. And the Lord would say those victories that seem to escape in past days and years, the Lord would say that they shall even return again. And the Lord would say the double portion, the triple portion shall come back upon you this year, says the Lord. So the Lord would say don't be frustrated with the times and seasons that you're in. The Lord would say don't be frustrated because it seems as though there's no way to turn back to the old. For the Lord would say I've cut off the old. And the Lord would say I'm releasing the new to you says your God. Amen. All right. I just really saw that as Sherry was just leading us in worship. I just saw that the Lord had brought uh, many of us to new places this year where the only way to go was forward. I mean, when that happens, usually some things drop off along the way, right? And some things that seem real important in past seasons uh, aren't so important in this new season because God has really changed us and his kingdom has come in our life and in our heart in a new way. And we look at things different. And we see things different. Amen. And so it's going to be a good year. What can everybody say? It's going to be a good year. A breakthrough year in many, many, many ways. Well, I want to share with you. I'm not here. A lot of times on Easter we seem to be elsewhere uh, than here locally. So I want to share some things with you about uh, resurrection and Resurrection Sunday and Passover tonight. Uh, and if it had a title, uh, it would be called There Were Three Parades and Still One to Come. You can even say there were three parades and there's still one to come. You know, this year, 2014, has been known as a Passover year uh, and it's been decreed as a year of deliverance in many ways. And we just had Passover. Uh, just uh, just uh, on the 15th. Uh, how many went out to look for the blood moon? You couldn't find it, all right? <laughs> it was uh, raining and lightning, but I did find out it was visible here. 
Uh, had the storms not been here, we would have been able to see uh, uh, Apostle Thompson talk a little bit about some of the blood moons that happen on Passover, and another one in the fall, one next Passover, uh, and the way those are aligning uh, in a very strategic way uh, for this year. But uh, the rain kept uh, uh, unseen to us here, unless you were above the cloud level somewhere, right? Up in a plane, maybe you could have seen it, but uh, here we couldn't see it. But I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that because we're going to look at a scripture uh, that has something to do with that. But first, I'd like for you to turn with me uh, to John chapter 12, and we're going to look at the first parade that I want to talk about. Usually when we think of parades, we think of uh, something good. How many usually think of something good concerning a parade? Uh, but there can be, some, we're going to find there can be some things that are not good when things are paraded by force. And uh, we're going to see in the life of Jesus all of this happen in the last week of his life uh, as he prepared to give us the greatest victory uh, that there is. You know, this should be our greatest rejoicing week in Christianity. If it wasn't for the uh, season of this week and resurrection, uh, we would have no victories. Uh, there would be no purpose in Christianity, uh, but because Jesus paid a price, laid down his life, and was resurrected, that is our key to victory. And so this is a victorious week that the Lord wants us to see and to walk in. But in uh, uh, John chapter 12, we're going to look in verse 12, and we're going to kind of skip around to several scriptures, and then I actually want to do some uh, activations with you tonight as well. All right, it says in 1212, And on the next day the great multitude who had come to the feast, and when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it as it is written. We're not going to read the whole thing here, but uh, this is when Jesus uh, came to Jerusalem. Uh, there was great celebration. Uh, the little kids last week uh, had palm branches in the uh, toddlers, and they were waving them and reenacting uh, the day of uh, this parade, uh, which was a good parade, and it was a, an acknowledgment of who Jesus was, right? Uh, that he was King of kings and Lord of lords. People, a uh, great multitude, learned that and knew that and went to meet him there. And so this is the first parade, uh, which was a very uh, positive and a very good parade. And then I'm going to have you turn with me uh, to Luke, and we're going to look in chapter, uh, Luke chapter 23. And we're going to see the second parade that happened during uh, Jesus' week, this last week. And it's one that's quite different than the first parade. And this is a parade, and we won't go to all the spots, but... Uh, we'll read just a little bit in verse uh, chapter 23, and let's look in verse 26. And it said, And when they led him away, they laid hold of one Simon of Cyrene coming in from the country and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. And there were following him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping. For me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nurse. Then they will begin to say to you, To the mountains fall on us and to the hills cover us. 
For if they do these things in the, in, in the green tree, what will happen in the dry? And, the, and two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. Now, if this is a second parade, which uh, was a needful parade, uh, because Jesus had laid his life down uh, to enable this to happen, but he was force, forcibly led through the streets of Jerusalem. Uh, and there was another parade that happened as this began to go on. Uh, we've been to Jerusalem and uh, walked some of the streets there that uh, they call the Via Dolorosa, uh, which were the, uh, is a place where Jesus walked, not the actual road because it's been buried so many times over the years. But, uh, but it was very narrow walkways with merchants on each side uh, and cobblestone kind of rocks uh, that uh, made up the street. And so there was a second parade uh, where Jesus allowed himself to be led. And if you start research some of these words, the word led is just like uh, you would put a rope on a, uh, a cow and lead the cow in a certain direction uh, forcibly. So this is what was going on. And so it was a second parade that happened this week. And I want you to notice that as we turn to this next one uh, in Colossians uh, chapter 2, we're going to see another parade that happened after resurrection. In Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to look in verse 13. And this is a great parade that we need to remind ourselves of on a daily basis. And this, of course, was after Jesus was, was crucified, died, resurrected, took the keys to uh, death, hell, and the grave. Uh, in Luke, I mean, in Colossians 2.13, uh, it said, And when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our transgressions and having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And it goes on to say, And when he had disarmed the rulers and the authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him, meaning Jesus. All right? And so this is the third parade. Now, this is a great parade because it's a parade showing everyone in the whole entirety of God's creation that Jesus is victorious. All right? And so it says her powers and principalities were paraded in a forcible kind of a way. And uh, many times in the uh, old wars, that would be exactly what would happen when you had a victory over an opposing force. Uh, you would take their king and parade him forcibly through the streets so everyone knew that you won the victory. All right? And so it says here that what Satan and every demonic force has already been a part of this parade. Now, what are they trying to do? Tell us that they haven't, all right? Uh, and trying to war against us in this season. It says that we uh, ascend in worship, we descend in war, and there's going to be bo both in this season where we're at. Uh, we're at a time where uh, it's called a lot of different things, double doors of destiny. It's called the Passover door to go through. Uh, but wh whatever you want to call it yourself, it's a very key time for you to move forward against some opposing forces that you have not had a victory over yet. All right? Against some things that have warred in past season, Jesus wants to remind you tonight that they've already been paraded in every dimension as defeated. Right? And we need to be those people now that are rising up according to what God says about things and begin to move forward. 
All right? And when we do that, we move forward with a new passion, I believe, of his purpose in our life. All right? And some of the things that may have seemed to be important kind of fall away, and he's going to begin to reveal more and more to us individually our calling, our purpose, our destiny, and who we are called to be in this season where he wants to ultimately demonstrate the greatest victory on earth yet that we're going to see. All right, so that was the third parade, which was a very, very good parade. And then we're going to look at one that hasn't happened yet. And uh, this one is in Luke chapter 21. It's interesting that um, when we looked at the first parade in Luke of Jesus actually uh, going through duress uh, in the streets of Jerusalem, that even before that happened, he mentioned this parade that was going to happen. All right? And so before he allowed everything to happen to him and he laid his life down, he began to talk about a time when things were going to be different and he was going to uh, bring victory in a great way and that we are still awaiting this one and it has to do with the kingdom coming in a way that we haven't seen yet. And let's look in verse 25. And it said, And there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars and upon the earth. Now I believe that's what the blood moons are. right? I believe they are very purposeful uh, in what God is speaking. Uh, every time they happen, significant things happen with Jerusalem. Uh, major things like becoming a state and being in a war and uh, national changes to Israel happened every time this sequence of events happened. Uh, and it said, if we would turn back to Genesis, it said that God set the sun in the sky to rule the day and he set the moon in the sky to govern the night, right? uh, to rule over the night. And so he uses the things that he has created to speak to us. It's interesting, when I uh, was in uh, uh, Taiwan, we went to see uh, how uh, Mandarin Chinese uh, language and characters were formed. And it was very interesting because they actually start out as pictures, uh, little uh, pictures that are real pictures, uh, uh, kind of in a stick figure way. And then they take those and they morph them into a character. And then that character represents something, love, trust, strength, whatever it may be. Uh, but one I noticed that we saw was a man and a woman carrying a bucket of water. Uh, and they took that picture and morphed it. And that character means strength. All right? And so it was just very interesting. But I didn't know that the Hebrew language is very similar to that. And that it's written whole in terms of not only letters and characters, uh, but whole in terms of the essence of what's being depicted, and whole in terms of numbers, uh, and whole in some dimensions that we typically don't uh, investigate, all right? Uh, but uh, it's real, it's true, it's quite amazing. I wish I had more time sometimes to study some of those things because it opened up a whole new door of how God speaks in a holistic way, uh, other than just words, uh, but perfect in number. Uh, the Bible's written perfect in number, uh, and so it's just quite amazing. But, uh, but they're very similar uh, to some of the characters of, of uh, Mandarin Chinese and the way they're morphed uh, together. Uh, so let's go on and look here. And so that's why uh, I think there's some dimensions of display and signs and wonders that we're going to see that will be different than things that we've ever seen before. Uh, and we need to, we'll see as we read through here, be ready for this. It says, uh, And upon the earth dismay among the nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, 
men fading from fear and expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I mean, that's already happening. Right. Uh, Bishop talks about how there's a, not only an angelic host that's uh, being shaken to awaken uh, to war with us for destiny, uh, but there's a demonic host that's been awakened uh, and been uh, cast down to a new level of trying to manifest who they are in the earth. You know, every demonic force wants to manifest who they are. Right? Uh, they have an essence in the same way uh, that we talked about these characters having an essence. So, so if it's abuse, a uh, spirit of abuse, guess what? They want to manifest abuse somehow and, and, by, and all along the way with all the negative things that we can think of, uh, including sickness and disease. Uh, how many got set free some uh, during the conference, all right? Uh, for if you're manifesting miracles, this is, it happened. And it says, in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, uh, and men fading from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, confusion, I guess is probably a good word, uh, in the body of Christ about eschatology and end-day events and what's going to happen. And uh, so many people uh, that have bought into dispensationalism, uh, because it's been very prevalent over the last hundred years or so, uh, and uh, you won't really find any scripture that really supports Jesus ever coming twice. All right? Uh, when it talks about him coming this next time, it's a wrapping up of the days and the events, and it's to set up his millennial reign uh, here on earth. And so uh, some have, have read different scriptures into a second coming and a catching away and hiddenness and all that, but never says anything like that. It says that the seventh uh, trumpet, it will be with a shout uh, loud enough that the dead are raised. All right? All right? Uh, those that have died will meet, will go first, and then we who are alive will meet uh, Jesus in the air, it says. But when we talked about that one parade of the demonic forces, uh, you know that there was also an, a human parade that day, and there were the people that were dead at that point of time that were righteous in the Lord, and they were what? Resurrected to walk on earth that day as they went from underneath the earth, the place they were, into the heavenly realm where they are now. And so it said that people that have been dead showed up at people's door. Isn't that amazing? Uh, amazing to find that uh, those that were righteous uh, in uh, the Lord at that point of time with, uh, with uh, how righteousness prevailed uh, were resurrected uh, and came back to life walked Jerusalem for one day, and then went into the heavenlies. And I can give you some scriptures if you ever want to look some of those things up. It sounds kind of wild, but it is actually in the Bible. Okay. I, it was funny. I was in uh, Poland one time with an interpreter, and we were talking about something, and she was, uh, at this point, not born again. And uh, so I'm reading, telling her something, and she's interpreting, and all of a sudden she stops, and she goes, does it really say that in the Bible? <laughs> But, but she got born again, and she's serving the Lord now, so it's good. All right. And it said, okay, let's look in verse 28. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing nigh. How many have sense in that, in your heart, that there's something shifting majorly? You know, 
Bishop calls it the third and final apostolic reformation, uh, where we're going to cause much reformation to come to the earth. Uh, but there's a new stirring in our heart, and it said when it all begins to take place, we're to lift up our heads because our redemption is drawing nigh. And it goes on to say, and he told them a parable, behold the fig tree and all the trees, as soon as they put forth their leaves, you see it and you know you're for yourselves it, that summer is now near. Even so, too, when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Look at someone say, the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you that this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness. Now, a lot of times we read this and we think about alcoholic drunkenness, uh, and it can mean that as a, a part of the meaning of this. But when it actually talks about dissipation and drunkenness, it actually means uh, cares of the world, right? Uh, that there's cares of the world that weigh us down, that dilute our effort, that dilute our destiny, that dilute our focus. And Jesus is saying in the scripture that we're not to allow that to happen. And especially as we see these things transpire in the earth in the last days, we're to lift up our heads, know our redemption draws nigh, and not let anything weigh us down. And it goes on to say, and the worries of life, and that day shall come upon you, so that day will not suddenly come upon you like a trap. For it will come upon those who dwell on the face of the earth, but keep on the alert at all times, what? Praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So I just want to really give you a charge tonight uh, that this is a time to stir ourselves up. All right? And if it seems like there's uh, cares or worries or things that are trying to hang on as you're moving forward through this new double door of destiny, it's time just to shake them off. All right? uh, and let the focus be what God says is important for you in this season, and that's to get to know him, all right, uh, in ways that we haven't. I believe that as we ascend in worship, he's going to reveal himself in some new ways to us this year. He's going to speak in new ways. He's going to give us dreams and revelation in new ways. Uh, but we have to be those that want, have our heads lifted up, expecting the things that are coming up on the earth to happen, not to be fearful because of that, but knowing that it's God's plan. Or somebody say God's plan. All right? And uh, even though uh, there is going to be calamity, there is going to be darkness, it's going to cover the earth, and it says thick gloom, people's minds, uh, it's that, all, all of that is a part of God's plan, all right, uh, to bring us into the next place. Now, what I like to call sometimes these uh, experiences in the Lord are death-to-life experiences, right? Death-to-life, the way Jesus went from death-to-life and had the greatest parade and victory over all the forces of the enemy at that point of time. Many times, we will have times where we go through a death-to-life experience, right? And I think that happens a lot in this kind of a season, right? When God has taken things from the back and closing those doors, sometimes it feels like death in some ways. Uh, but the Lord wants to take us through the death to life uh, into the place where uh, he wants us to be. And it will be a higher place than you started out, right? 
And in very much the same way that Jesus laid his life down and then came into the greatest place of victory, uh, that's what the Lord has for us in these death-to-life principles, all right, uh, that he leads us through sometimes. Now, the important thing is don't let go of God in the meantime, all right? We never want to let go of God when it seems like we're in the death process, all right? Uh, and that's a dangerous thing to do. But if we just hold on to him, you know what? He'll bring you through. He'll bring you out. He'll bring you into the next place he has for you. And it'll be a greater place than you've ever been before. All right? And so we're headed for some of those this year. All right? uh, and they're not usually comfortable when it happens. All right? uh, in fact, we had some words, I think, by, from Chuck that talked about there's going to be war at this door of the gate that we're headed to. All right? uh, and so we can expect that. But the key is we need to go to the door this time knowing about the third parade, right? That Jesus made a parade of them openly, all right? And so whatever it's been in your past that you feel like may have been a hindrance to destiny, uh, to moving forward, to fulfilling all that the Lord's called you to be and to do, uh, this is a year to deal with it, right? And you know what? They're going to be root issues, right? There are going to be things maybe that you haven't let God fully deal with before, uh, but this year he wants to do it, right? And uh, it's going to be good, right? Your neighbor says it's going to be good. <laughs> Look at him and say, I may not feel good, <laughs> but it is good. Uh, you know, I, I say that uh, the, your greatest victories are things that you have not seen and have not felt, right? The ones that you're moving to in faith are things that have not been birthed fully within you. Uh, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. And so he's taking us into new places that we don't even really know what it's going to be like when we get there. But as we, as we go with him, it's going to be good. All right? Now, the other thing that's important to know is that as we're on this pathway, that we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ. Okay? And that's one of the revelations that he'll want to bring to us in a greater way this year than ever before. Because when it talks about the dissipation and the cares of life and the worries, those are all those things that bring us down to this realm, all right, rather than exist uh, in our heart and in faith in the realm that he's called us uh, to be. And so uh, sometimes we've got to just shake those off and move forward to the new. But the good news is we now already have dunamis dynamite power, all right? It's already resident within us. Uh, whether we feel like it or not, uh, God has given us power to walk in, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, you've got more power than you know about. <laughs> now, it's interesting. When I went out, I went out to try to see the blood moon, all right? I thought maybe there'll be a little glimpse and the clouds will break and we'll get to see it or something, but it never happened. But there was the, uh, one of the strongest lightning storms uh, that I'd ever seen being here. Uh, I've seen some other really uh, big ones in different states and locations, but here, very strong bolts of lightning that happen. Uh, and usually when we think about lightning, we think about power. You know, there's millions of bolts of heat and light and uh, all that goes with it. Uh, but there's something uh, that's very interesting about lightning, and that is that it doesn't start in the sky. Right? Did you know that? It does not start in the sky. You know where it starts? It starts here. Right? Uh, and there's, there are little bands, are called leader bands, that begin to like reach up from the earth, and then what happens is 
uh, band of power and lightning from heaven comes down and meets those. All right? And when that happens, that's when we see the lightning. All right? And so that's why you see on tops of buildings, lightning rods uh, causes those to happen a lot. And that's why lightning strikes those and uh, doesn't strike the things around the other buildings. Uh, but in this season of time, guess what? God wants us to be those little leader bands all right? uh, for his power uh, to begin to hit. All right? uh, and the good news is a lot of times you don't even know when it's going to hit. All right? Uh, but we just have to do what he tells us to do. And as we do that, we're going to see signs, wonders, miracles that will surprise us, that will shock us, uh, that will be good. Uh, but uh, we have to be the ones that are reaching up for the power right? and reaching up for miracles. Uh, it's something I like what Rennie said is that there is a working of miracles. All right? uh, that there's a process where you, by faith, uh, enter into with the Lord to see it happen. And it's, they're not always instant. Uh, but you work the miracles to make them happen. And so we're going to be doing that this year. But I'll tell you a story. Mike and I were in the mountains of Denver one time, and we were climbing the mountains, uh, and we were up really high. And I, I don't know if you've ever been up in the mountains when a storm rolls in, but they really roll in fast. Uh, and the climate changes fast, and the winds pick up, and uh, that's what happened. And I mean, we weren't up real high, but uh, this all began to happen. And the other thing that begins to happen, you notice with, a, with lightning and electricity, is everything around you begins to feel electrified, all right? You begin, you begin to feel the tingling uh, of the leader bands that are beginning to develop. And the next thing that happens when that happens is what? Lightning strikes, all right? So if you're ever there and start feeling those things happening, get out of there, all right? Uh, and that's basically what we did at the time and got down before we got hurt in any way. But you can feel it. It's just like, like you step into uh, an electric charge field. Uh, and uh, it's, it's quite exciting uh, in some ways. Uh, and I think in the Lord this year, he wants us to be like that, all right? That we're stepping into those electrically charged power fields of his where as we begin to reach up and expect from him uh, great and mighty things are going to happen and we're going to uh, see victories that we haven't seen before amen how many ready to do that this year okay well i want us to take this a lot we have a, uh, about 10 minutes yet uh, and uh, i want us to activate some things this year all right uh, because sometimes we need somebody else to help us get our miracle all right? uh, and I don't mean just physical miracle. I mean whatever you felt like has been a hindrance to your door of destiny, uh, the double door of victory uh, that the Lord wants to take you through. We're going to attack those things that are warring at that door tonight. Amen? And it says in the Bible that when Job prayed for his friends, that's how he got his double portion. Right? And we've had a word that our uh, double portion was going to be the way Job uh, had his, all right, which is not the first way I would choose, uh, but uh, that's the, the way it comes. We need to go that way, all right. Uh, but I want to have you get in groups of maybe like five or so, uh, and just ask uh, each one what one thing. I'm going to have you focus on just one thing tonight. We can some, maybe make a list, but just one tonight, all right. And uh, whatever that is, and then the others are going to join with you to believe for a breakthrough through that door of whatever the hindrance is or whatever the resistance had been, okay? All right, let's just lift our hands. Father, we thank you for your dunamis dynamite power that's resident within us. We thank you, Lord, that you have decreed this year to be a double portion year of destiny. And Father, tonight we believe for new
new breakthroughs through doors. Father, for resistance to be crushed. And Father, for us to put our feet on the head of the enemy that's tried to resist up to this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Bless you guys.